Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper. And remember, I'm only as hip as my guests. And I have to tell you something, people. I, uh, I watch a lot of TV. And when seasons end, I get depressed. Like, like my guest today was on the bridge. We're going to talk about that. That ended. But it was a good ending. They wrapped everything up. So it was cool. And then I watch uh, Ray Donovan. And it was a good ending. They wrapped everything up. So if these ended, I'd be fine. But what pisses me off is when they sit there and they end the series and then it gets canceled. Like, Joanne watches Dallas. It's a cliffhanger. It gets canceled. She doesn't know. I watched Gang Related. I like Gang Related. But it ends the season. And so they canceled the show. So now next year, I'll never know what happened to those characters. So I think if networks cancel a TV show, it should be their responsibility to at least put up, like, what would have happened. That's just my thought. So anyway, we have a great show today. And uh, we talked about, I talked about The Bridge. We're going to get to that. But uh, with my guest is a very, very talented actor with a very a great career, Mr. Alejandro. Did I say it right? Correct. Alejandro Patino. Patino. No, actually, if you want to say it right, it's Patino with an Inya. It's Patino, okay. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm new to this. It's always funny. Like, I always crack up when I moved to L.A. Uh-huh. Growing up in, uh, in New Jersey, and when I grew up, I grew up in a real Jewish neighborhood. There wasn't a lot of Latinos. Uh-huh. And I remember my mom came home once, and she's like, oh, there's this place called Hands. It's like a Bennigan's or a chain restaurant. She's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I had these things called fajitas. They were so amazing. And that was like my introduction to uh, Mexican food, which out here, it's everywhere, and it's so good. Right. So now you you grew up in you moved to Santa Maria. Your family was from Santa Maria. Um, my mom's side of the family is in Santa Maria. That's where I was born because we were visiting at that time, and uh, um, the rest of my family, which is my four my four sisters and one brother, uh, they were born in L.A. So uh, I was the only one. I would I hate to say this, but fortunate enough to to be born in Santa Maria, because uh, then we got uh, we we got uh, moved over to L.A. and then eventually ended up in Compton, which is uh, pretty much my my youth. I grew up in Compton until my you know like until I was nineteen seventy eight, nineteen seventy nine. So that's about close to twenty years living in Compton. Okay, now did, uh, did your parents own a convenience store? Or is that what I read? They owned a Mexican deli grocery okay. store, with, uh, which uh, they always uh, the neighborhood would call La Mexicana, the Mexican store. You know, so we were there for quite a while, and the, the community was really, re- really good, except for uh, all the bad stuff right. in the 60s and 70s, which was, uh, for a while there, we were getting ripped off uh, at gunpoint, you know, for a good three, four, four, four months, uh, you know, back to back, and, and like once a week, we'd get we'd get a, a gun in our face. Isn't that crazy? And it, it's just like, I always crack up, because you're, you're giving a service to a community, because mm-hmm. they're sitting there, and it's like anything in a neighborhood. They don't have a Ralphs. They don't, the route, you know, back. They have that, and you're giving a, a, a service, and right. then they they turn around and they go, okay, well, we know we're going to take. And it's like, it must be so frustrating to you because you're helping. You, I mean, you are helping the community, and then they're kicking you in the ass. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my mom was, you know, was always the one that if you didn't have enough change, you know, c- come back and bring it back later. You know, like you said, the community. We had a, we had a great community. It's always those that one or two bad apples, whether they're coming from someplace else or something, or they just grew up that way. Back in that time, I mean, there was there was the gangs. I mean, that was there were were coming up at that point in the. Uh, uh, early 70s I mean I, I watched the Piru I, the Crips you know the Bloods all those gangs just started to develop right after the Watts riots uh, so yeah we were there during that period and it, it was it was it was good with the, within the community because you, you, you developed those those friendships but like I said it's those bad apples that just happened to turn it into a now, now growing up did you like movies or what made you end up say you know, at what age did you sit there and go I want to act because it's such <laughs> it's like because like a lot of people they find out later when they get to high school but some people know at a really young age like with comedians you know we would watch comedy and we want to gravitate to that but what made you sit there at, did, was it a young kid or was there acting in your family or was your family creative uh, well yeah my family was, was creative my dad liked to play uh, on, on the guitar and I have cousins that play uh, that play instruments also uh, my dad was <clears throat> especially our family whenever we'd get together for uh, functions birthday parties quinceaneras whatever it never failed, you know. With the the family members would get up in front of the mariachi and sing their songs. Okay, you know. So that was always instilled in us. We would dance the Mexican folklorico dancing stuff. We do little performance stuff for the family. But for me, I think I think it happened in in high school. Um, at our store, we used to sell magazines. So I mean, you got you know the celebrity magazines and all that stuff like that. So that I would sit there and wait for customers and watch and and, and read uh, all this stuff. But it didn't hit me until um, college. Uh, 
Okay. Um, I had an interest because I took an acting class in high school, but I had I had a real interest uh, that really kind of got bit by the bug was in college. Well, you know what's amazing is I always think that you know if you're in L.A., it's it's so much more reality than like let's say you're a kid in. Indiana, because mm-hmm. right here it's even if you know you can. I mean, even if you're just a high school kid, you can get an agent. I mean, you don't have to move out here. You live here, and I always crack up. And you know, back then it was. I mean, it's some of the younger listeners don't understand. Back then it was getting an agent. You had to send stuff, and you, you get the, the right. magazines. You're not just like send a clip on YouTube, right? But so, so you did. You did one play in high school. Or you took an acting class? I took an acting class. I didn't do a play. I auditioned for one play in high school. I didn't get cast. That's it was funny. Dracula. <laughs> and so uh, when when uh, I got into college, I took a business class because of my family business. And thought, you know, we're, okay, I might as well follow the family business. And I took an extracurricular class, which was a uh, tennis class and an acting class. Well, my acting teacher asked me to audition for this play that he's doing. It was called the... Uh, Diamond Studs, A Life and Times, Jesse James as a musical. Okay. And it was great. It was a great musical. So uh, I ended up getting cast, and that was it. Like I said before, I, I got bit by the bug. Uh, acting took over. Uh, dance really took over. I, I was a dancer for a, a good 25 years. Okay. Now, so did you do dance? So you were doing musical theater and stuff I like was that? Doing, that was my, yeah, that was, that's my introduction to acting, and that's pretty much what I did the first 10, 15 years of my life. So you, you're sitting there, and you have this acting class, and now... You say you, you went head first into it. Now, mm-hmm. did you sit there at that point and try to get an agent? Or what did you do? Or did you just want to learn your craft? Because I know a lot of times people want to learn their craft instead of getting an agent. Because if you go to get an agent and you suck, you know, they're going to go, you suck. And then you're going to screw yourself getting an agent for a few years. Right. Right. Well, you know what? Back then, that was we're talking about uh, 79, early 80s. Um, getting an agent was really tough. Um, uh, you, you couldn't just walk in and say, "Hey, you know." They, in fact, now back then they they really uh, looked for people who had theater background. They looked at your theater theater credits and they said, "Oh, wow, you can act because you have experience on stage." Back then, we didn't have the, the privilege of having a, a video camera to to shoot ourselves and and they could see see us on screen. So theater was really uh, uh, a, a wanted thing for for the agents for the actor. So uh, yeah, I did. Uh, before I got my card, my, my SAC card, I, did, I was floating around for 10 years. Uh, I had a good commercial career uh, in that in that span. I did a lot of commercials. What are some of the commercials you did? Because what I learned is, it's funny, because like when Lombardo Boyar was on, he said he did a lot of Spanish commercials. Uh-huh. And he said, which was weird, is he goes, it's the same thing, but he goes, whenever you go to the audition, they wanted to make sure you spoke Spanish. Like they, He'd be like, no, believe me. They'd be like, speak. you know, And, and he's like, it was just weird. So what, what were some of the commercials you were doing? Oh, shoot. Back then I had uh, um, quite a few years of uh, uh, sponsoring, sponsoring like Sears. AMPM was one of my biggest uh, uh, commercials back then early on that everybody – it was regional and, and uh, in that respect too. But it, it aired – like I think I did about four or five commercials for them within six, seven years. Wow. And they would just – after the first one, they just would call me back up and say, hey, you know, you want to do a commercial. What was your character? Um, the first one that I did that kind of – got the ball rolling. I was just a customer at AMPM and I was uh, uh, an assembly worker. It was called uh, assembly worker. And uh, I'm putting my hot dog together, right? And I'm putting onions on it. So I'm going onions, 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 pickles, 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 jalapenos, jalapenos, jalapenos. <laughs> the the director loved and I guess the, the client loved the way I said jalapenos and said jalapenos, you know what I mean? Right. So they, they that was what started started the whole uh, AMPM uh, franchise for me. So I did about, like I said, four or five commercials for them. It's so funny because commercials people recognize people from commercials i mean you know especially i mean it's funny because whenever you go to ampm the food never looks as good as it does in a commercial (laughs) i mean i drove by one there's one right near the airport and i don't eat that stuff anymore but it's like even when i did eat it you know you have a buzz going on and you go oh yeah man i saw the commercial and you go in and like the chicken sandwich is like a little like a little thing you're like wait a second the bar like as you said the jalapeno there's no there's no jalapeno bar it's like all dried up crap it's like going to 7-eleven when they have that hot dog going for like nine hours you're like oh i really want it but yeah so you're doing them. Do people recognize you? Because it seems like that's like a big stoner type of commercial. On that commercial, yeah. You know what? That, for, for a few years, in fact, I still have friends who say, hey, man, you know, jalapeno, jalapeno. They would come up to me and just say, jalapeno, jalapeno, jalapeno. Um, that was, that was a, a, a good commercial to be seen in and stuff. Now, as you're doing the commercials, and you said you're bouncing around, are you doing theater productions too? Oh, yeah. Okay. So now, are, do you also need a, a part-time job, or is the commercials making or paying your bills? Well, that's the, that was the beauty about college for me was the fact that uh, – um, I, I studied at Cerritos College, JC, which is you know three three year college, two three year college. Well, uh, 
I don't recommend this for everybody, but I stayed there. I stayed in coming back and forth for about a good ten years. Okay, <laughs> that was uh, that ten, was ten years to get the associates, <laughs> and I didn't even get that. I just, I just, I figured, you know what? I'm going to study what I'm going to be working on for the rest of my life because this it just it took it took me over. It right. took me over. So you were taking acting. I was taking the acting. Dance. I was taking the the uh, the dance, which was a, a very uh, prominent in. in early on in my career and then uh, the lucky for me that throughout those years I ended up uh, making connections with uh, friends who were doing the tech stuff in in uh, in the theater like uh, construction and lighting and sound and all that stuff well one of my friends ends up becoming a uh, construction foreman on a show called rags to riches and he brought me on so uh, that kind of doing construction construction work. right and that and that that kind of head me into that into that venue, so I was doing construction while I'm studying dancing, acting, and doing musicals at the same time. Well, I think that would actually help your acting career because you're on the set and mm -hmm. you're and you're not one of these. You know, you it's like you know the PA wants to be the director and these people want to do this, but you're on the set, you're doing construction, and you probably get the crew. I mean, not the 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 cast and the crew, the directors probably like talking to you more than the actors because you're down to earth. I mean, that did you ever happen to you like that? Uh, wow, that's such a pretty picture. But no, it didn't. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it never happened like that. No, the, uh, we were production. We were we were uh, uh, art department. So uh, we we worked uh, in terms of construction. We we worked when people were off. The set. Okay. So we had to build, you know, finish building the sets for films and stuff and TV shows. Um, so that that was what supplemented my commercial acting career in that point until I actually got a theatrical agent. Okay. Uh, that that happened when, in fact, I was working construction at a at a at a job site, and uh, um, my agent calls me up and I auditioned for a movie called Bowfinger with Steve Martin. And oh, Eddie great Murphy. movie. Well, uh, I auditioned for it, and what's funny is, is during the auditions, they kept alternating people coming in and out, and I was the only one that stayed in for about a good hour, hour and a half, as they were alternating people in and out. So I, I you know, I wasn't t expecting anything, so I. I went back to work, and I guess the next day, I get the phone call that I got the part in uh, in Bowfinger. Now that must have been amazing. That was. And now, did you have scenes with those guys? Oh, I was. I was in <clears throat> a good three quarters of the movie. Uh, we started. I, I started from day one, and in fact, the four of us, uh, uh, the four uh, illegals that they pick up at the border to be the crew. Right. Uh, we we started. We started like from day one, and I was the last one uh, of the shoot. I was the last scene that they shot on, on production. So I worked three and a half months on that. How amazing! It's it's like your first bigger gig. I mean, I, you was, probably that was you probably had a little TV stuff, but this is like your first big gig, <laughs> and you get in a movie with two of the most brilliant comics. I mean, Steve Martin and Eddie Murphy. It's like, I mean, did, you must have learned a lot. Too, I think did Frank Oz direct that? Frank Oz directed. Brian Grazer produced. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're working with these big wigs, and, and what a great way to start your career. Yeah. Well, you know what? That that's that movie was the one that got me focused. That was the movie that that uh, I finally said. Uh, well, actually, thanks to Jamie Kennedy who, who told me, "Al, what are you doing? You're a funny guy. You know, what are you doing construction for, man? Stick with your acting." Blah blah. So I did. Uh, if you look at my MDB page from that point on, um, once I did Bowfinger, uh, the rest of my career took off. Prior to that, it was every two three years I would get a part. Uh, but uh, once Bowfinger happened, that was it. I was I was just focused on just acting. So once you, you got the Bowfinger, now now during this time, mm -hmm. you're I see you've been a lot. Of, you were on ER. You're in different TV shows. Mm -hmm. so you're going out for a lot of TV shows as a guest star. Are you still? Doing any of the theater stuff, or are you just saying I'm going to just concentrate on this acting right now? Oh no, no, no! Theater is theater is my heart, my you know, my heart and soul in that respect. I do a show we've been running for 11 years now. Okay, uh, locally uh, in Silver Lake called uh, Chico's Angels. Chico's Angels. Okay. It's a spoof on Charlie's Angels. It's the Latin version instead of Charlie. It's Chico, of course. Are, are you Charlie? Are you Chico? Mm, no, I am Bosley. My character okay, name. I, is okay, I, I remember Bos. What, what, what's the what's the name of in Bosley? What do you call him? They call me Boss Man. Okay. Okay, because the three girls are Quesadilla, Cheetah Parole, and Frida Lay. Okay. And the three girls are guys in drag. Okay. It's hilarious. Now, how did you how how did you come up with that? Were you 
one of the forces behind it, or did you help write it, or did they just cast you because they knew your work, or how? Because it's such a, it sounds like a fun time, it's hilarious, and it's just it's different, and you know, and I'm sure the crowd, you know, you get some people go, oh yeah, and then they find out they're all dudes because, and they're like, oh my god, but what's it makes it funnier? How did you get involved with this? Because it sounds like a cool, uh, cool little show. There. Oh, it's a fantastic show. I mean, uh, the the main character Quesadilla, uh, Oscar Quintero was the one who who uh, created it with the director uh, Kurt Kohler. Um, it was his concept that because he loved Charlie's Angels. Okay. And so he says he wanted to do something with that. So when he created Quesadilla a couple of years after that, that's when they got together and, and decided to do this. And it was only supposed to be a, a you know, one, uh, a one time, you know, once a year type of thing uh, that happened that became a phenomenon. Now we do at least two, two runs a year and we sell out every time. Um, but uh, Oscar was the one who created it. Uh, I came in a year after. Uh, they were losing a, a character or two, and they wanted somebody to come in. Actually, I was coming in to audition for the Farrah Fawcett role, which was Free to Lay. Okay. And I said, you know, what the hell? At that time, it was Tootsie and a couple other movies that you know act, main actors were doing dressed as women. I said, why not? You know, I sing and dance, and I do the rest of the stuff. So uh, I went and auditioned, and they read me for Boss Man first, and they said, no, you're Boss Man. Thank God, because I don't know about shaving my right. legs and my, my chest for, <laughs> exactly. for 11 years. I wouldn't be able to put on that makeup. How long does it run for when you do it? Uh, we usually run for six weeks. Now, now, how do they they have to go around your schedule, I'm guessing? Um, no, not necessarily. I mean, I've been fortunate enough that uh, I, I, I missed maybe one or two performances. I, we had somebody come in and understudied me. Uh, so I've been fortunate enough that, that it didn't really bother too much. Uh, um, in terms of the schedule. Now, as for your TV acting, I mean, you've been on so many. I mean, I look at your IMDb, and you've been on so many really good shows, like mm -hmm. The Shield. I mean, you're on The Shield. I mean, did, now for these shows, and this like The Shield and Arrested Development, which are two, which is great because you can do series and comedy. And comedy, sure. Now, which do you prefer? Um, you know what? For myself personally, I just prefer to work. Okay, that's <laughs> a lot of people say. <laughs> so I'll take anything and everything. And it's funny because everybody always asks me, like you said, you see me and all this stuff, and and they go, "Oh, what part are you playing?" I go, "I play the Mexican." Right. <laughs> now, I mean, what is, so did they did they call you and say we need the Mexican, or, or do you have to audition? Because I know, no, for me, when I go to an audition, I always go. I, I mean, like the other day, I, I was cracking up. I was auditioning for this video, and it's like, okay. Uh, creepy alcoholic type that you wouldn't want to be a guardian okay you know i'm like all right or uh you know uh, i got cast in this video it was a creepy guy uh, and i'm like and you go to the audition and then you get upset because you look around and there's a lot more guys creepier creepy. than me and i'm going wait a second i don't this look at this guy because i was in the one the, the one video was i was a cre i was a creepy guy then there was a creepier guy oh really but it's just so for you when you do you run into a lot of guys that you same guys at auditions because I know everyone like for I know guys who are bald they run into bald with glasses like Brian Husky will run into Dan Bacadal or right. they do you run into a bunch of guys that is like you have like a the audition click where you know if you're going in for something you'll probably see them oh yeah yeah it's always the same Mexicans yeah 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 in that respect uh, it, that's that's funny because uh, um, it is true when they get the breakdowns as you know the breakdown services the descriptions right you know? and this is Hollywood of course so it's stereotypical all the time you know Latin male or Mexican Latin uh, father or whatever like that. So the descriptions alone just, you know, uh, puts you into a category. Um, so you do get to see the same guys over and over. I've been doing this for 36 years. So I've seen guys come and go. And I've seen, you know, the, 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 the ones, the mainstays that, that usually get cast. If I don't get cast in something, it's somebody else is going to get it. Uh, good friends also, so that we've developed friendships. And uh, we're always, I mean, for me, I'm, I'm always rooting for everybody. You right. know, if you ask me a question during, before I go into the audition, I, you know, I, I gladly give information. There's other people that kind of keep to themselves. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of uh, free, freewheeling in that respect. You know, whatever, whoever gets it, gets it. Now, I got a question for you. So, you, so you've been in the business for so long. Yeah. Has the, has the Latino roles, have they changed a lot? Because I, I know Rick Najera on who talked about, you know, mm -hmm. almost white, you know, just like the things where he was a comedy writer and he, you know, tries to start the diversity program and stuff like that. In the beginning, and I mean, I'm, I'm 51. I'll be 51 at the end of this month. Wow, I'm older than you. 
okay, well, so you look better than me. So it's like, but now Ruben here looks like like crap. So it's okay. But no, so uh, it's all that drinking. Huh? Yeah. That's <laughs> so my friend Ruben Suarez. He's in the uh, he's in the studio today because we're going to talk about and you guys work together. And it's funny because you worked on the Heartbreak Kid. Yeah. I thought it was when he texted me something. I said I thought it was the Flamingo Kid with the old Matt Dillon movie. Oh, yeah. And I said, God, Ruben, man, you've been lying about your age. It's like it's like that movie. I was nine when that came out. But no, so have you noticed anything? I mean, in the beginning and when I was younger, you know, you didn't see a lot of Latino roles. Mm -hmm. And now you do get the shows, like I said, gang related and different shows and, you know, that are concentrated and they, you know, before these shows would just make, you know, like Resurrection Boulevard was on Showtime or whatever. Right. And they would, they would be cable, but now they're becoming more mainstream, mainstream, like Cristela is coming on, you know, this Friday. And of course, George, George Lopez show ran for so long. Right. Have you noticed a big change, one, in the roles that you get called for or two, for just the the Latino culture because especially in LA like Telemundo is the like number one station right. have you noticed a, a slide slide into powers a little bit or is it still just the old white bald guys running the, the business um, well and, and you're talking about in terms of power uh, in, in, in the industry it, I mean, it, it, it's pretty much the same uh, what what happened what I've seen has happened is with the inclusion of all these cable programs now, there's more opportunities for people to step up and and uh, and, and, and create a program or create a show. Uh, so cable has opened up a lot of uh, venues. In terms of network, it's still all the same. I mean, this is coming from myself. I'm not saying you know speaking for anybody else, but to me, it's still black and white TV. You know, you see all the shows that are on TV, and they're either uh, uh, white. Uh, uh, characters that are that are predominant, or they're black characters. Right. Uh, aside from Cristela, who's who's airing, uh, and when we had George Lopez, look, I mean, that was the only diversity type of shows that you really saw. The Bridge for me was a great. Vi it well, I'm I'm speaking past this, but I don't even know if we got picked up yet. You better get picked up. I, so. I mean, you know that I just one of those shows, and I'll be honest, <clears throat> my girlfriend's a huge TV addict, and mm -hmm. I love I love shows, but I don't, you know. I don't care about NCIS, even though I've heard it's a great show to work on. I heard Mark Harmon's like the best guy ever. Right. She watches Survivor. I don't give a crap about that. <laughs> you know, she watches Big Brother. I mean, she thank God she would get like the East Coast feed, and I would go down to happy hour. <laughs> it's uh, like you watching it, you know. But the bridge, which was great, is when it was what, and what FX does so good. And I think it started with when they had the Shield. Mm -hmm. They do they do shows that just they take a chance. And the bridge, when you first just started seeing the previews for the first year. You don't really know what it's about, and right. then and then you go on and you find out that it, it's a, a series based in the Netherlands. I mean, it's in I believe it was a from Sweden. The original series, yeah. yes, Braun. And so you're sitting there and you go, "What's it about?" And then you watch that first episode. And now me, I mean, I know of El Paso. I don't know Waters is right across the bridge. I don't know that whole area because I grew up back east. You know, right. you tell me that, and then you watch it, and it's such a just a great idea that it catches you, and and. Uh, was it Damien Bichard? Damien Bichard. Is such a strong actor, and mm -hmm. so is the... Uh, Diane, Diane, Diane Kruger. Yeah, and, yeah. and just, and you know, it's weird. This year I noticed she didn't have as much as the uh, the um, the Asperger's this year. She seemed a little more together this year. Yeah. I don't know, first year, she's a little scattered. But it was such a good show, and uh, now you came in in the second season, right? No, so no you, I, I was in the full, full season. Uh, first season, I was uh, in the pilot, Um I did eight, eight episodes uh, that se that year. The nine episodes this the second season. Now, when you sit there, I know because you know you had you were recurring in Desperate Housewives. Yeah, right. fun, now, fun show. Now, now, I mean, okay, that must have been great because I mean, and it's funny is you forget when Desperate Housewives came out, that was like the biggest. I mean, the, I mean, every every woman you know watched it, and every guy's would watch it because the eye candy. Oh, of course. Now, now you were working at different shows, and I see at Criminal Minds, you're doing this stuff. Now, when you did Desperate Housewives, did you know it'd be recurring, or did you just go in for one day, or how did that happen? No, no, we, we knew it was going to be a recurring character because uh, they had gotten rid of the, uh, the, the young gardener. Uh, um, geez, I forget his name. But anyway, they got rid of him, and they were looking for somebody to replace him. And uh, lucky for me, I was about 20, 20, 25 pounds overweight, because uh, the character needed to be uh, not as enticing for uh, uh, right uh, for uh, uh, for her to to uh, to want to have have uh, an affair, so they hired me, of course. Oh, that's really and, like and most of my <laughs> shots, most of my shots were always shot after lunch, so you know I was nice right. and full. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a great time. It was uh, six episodes within within a two year span. Um, uh, so uh, um, it was great. It was fun. Um, it was an introduction for me into the um, uh, series 
uh, venue in terms of that. You know what I mean, because everybody wants to be on a TV series. Right. I want to be, t- be on TV. I've been on one for two years, but I'm not a series regular. I'm a guest starring, reoccurring character in that respect. And everybody wants that series then. So it was great sitting there with uh, uh, Eva and, and Richard and, and just looking at each other. And, and I'm going, wow, you know, we're three Latinos right. on a major uh, network show. And we're being catered to. It was like, you know, we're just actors. And I was a, it was a great feeling. And I've always wanted to get that feeling again. And that's what I got with The Bridge. You know, The Bridge, too. I, I, being able to do so many shows on, on one one on one program, uh, you get to develop the relationships with the crew and, and the writers and, and production and the, and, and the producers. And that's something that I was always lacking in my career early on. Now that I got a, a taste of this, it's like, oh man, I, I want this to continue so much. I've, I've heard that. It's like when you, when you sit there and you go, because you do a lot of guest stars. I see you go on yeah. Criminal Minds and stuff like that. And you go on these shows. One, two days. And yeah, and you get to know, you, you get to know the people a little bit because, you know, as I said, you know, there's shows where they say the crews are just really nice, the actors are really nice, and you work with them. And it's, what sucks is in your head, you're probably going, well, when this is over, I have to leave. And you can, you know, and it's not like when you're recurring, you know, even then you come in every once a day, hey, you know, they're, hey, glad to have you back. For that, it must be a, a weird feeling. Even though you're working, it must just feel, you, you must feel a little down when you actually leave. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. There's always that, that uh, feeling of, you know, what, will I ever have this again? And uh, like you said, for myself, uh, early on, I, I've, I've always been a guest star. So it's always one or two days, you know, come in, blah, 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 and you're out and you're gone. Uh, now the relationship that I built it with uh, with my co-stars, uh, you know, like uh, Franco Patente, you know, Annabeth Gish, you know, some great actors. Um, I haven't had a chance to work with uh, Damien Bashir or Diane. Uh, just in Crossing, we did one episode where uh, uh, they catch Franca Franco Eleanor's character. Uh, in that respect, uh, she's crazy. Oh, she's oh, such a great actress. You watch it now. I, I didn't know. I guess she was in a bunch of the Bourne movies. Yes. Yeah. And I, because my, it's like anything when you watch TV, you're sitting there going, I know that person, and and and, and then it's just it's such a cool show because like just like, like Lyle Lovett's in it. I mean, no. It's like and he's Lyle such Lovett's, a sweetheart, and he's just such a fin- and everyone forgets he was married to Julia Roberts. He's right. married, and he's just he's. I mean, I have I have a few of his CDs. He's right. just an amazing musician. He's just one of those guys that you just look at and you just say. This guy just has to be so cool. He's such a given human being. I, I, I really love Lyle. I love working with him, too. Um, like, like you said, you, this show has brought in people like uh, uh, amazing, amazing actors in that respect. And I was going to say early on, too, that The Bridge has, uh, for, for the Latin community, it's one of the best showcased programs to showcase the, the, the dramatic uh, abilities of, of our, our acting community in that respect. I saw that early on. I even thought that early on uh, for last season uh, that this is going to be a great opportunity for the Latino community. You know what I mean? Uh, so thank God for that, and hopefully it continues on um, because we don't get very many opportunities. That, like like I said, usually when, when I go in for roles and my agent says, that, you know, there's one line, one-liner stuff that's coming in. I don't want you to do that anymore. You know, I, I, under, I understand that. But at the same time, sometimes you have to work. Yeah, that's the know? thing. It's yeah. like anything. I know guys who have, you know, been on shows, and then all of a sudden they sit there and go, you know, yeah, do I want to go out for commercial auditions again? And he's like, well, I have kids, so I have to. You know, I have a friend who's hosts a show now, but he mm-hmm. said he was on a sitcom on TBS for like four years. Right. And he said, you know, yeah, you know, you don't want to. And then you see another guy's in the same position, but you're like, you know, a national commercial is going to pay. Right. And... It's not like it's just me now. I have a wife. I have a kid. I can't. It's not like I'm just a carefree actor. I need to work because mm-hmm. the bottom line is, and you want to work because just, you know, you don't know you're, if you're in a position where people recognize you, right. then you can probably get the job easier. Yeah. So what was it like when Desperate Housewives was going off the air? Did you know it was going off the air? Did they tell you? Or it was one of those things where you said, damn. I got, you know what? I got, I got when I got killed off the first day, when, well, not the first day, but uh, that day when I came in, it was early in the morning. Again, went to my dressing room, and I, here comes the van with uh, Richard and El, uh, Eva. They get off the van. I was going to give them a couple of gifts that my Chico's Angels guys were, were wanting to give them. So I, I come out with the little ba- bags that they, uh, they were going to get. What kind of gifts? I didn't look. I you know, okay. you know, did DVDs <laughs> and stuff like that, whatever. Uh, because Quesadilla actually came in on a, on, a, on a party thing that they were doing, and he was Eva Longoria, so they made him look like Eva Longoria. <laughs> uh, 
well, they get on, they're getting off the vans. As soon as they're getting off the van, Eva goes to me, you're dead. I go, what? Well, I'm still here. No, no, they're killing you off today. I go, what? This was like 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock in the morning. And I don't shoot until the afternoon. That must suck, man. It's like... <laughs> uh, she, I'm, she's going, yeah, they're killing you off. Oh, I go, no way. That's, so that's how I heard. I wasn't at a table read. They didn't call me up and says, you know, you're gone. It was, you know, Eva telling me that you're dead. <laughs> so that's, that's, that sucks, man. But see, it's, it's funny. I've noticed you have, a, you have a thing in your career where you, you, you are, you're on weeds, too. Yeah. So you get to, you get to uh, work with these really attractive women. Like, you know, Eva Longoria is sexy and right. Terry Hatcher. And then we, I love Mary Louise Parker. Yeah. I mean, and, just, and then even on the bridge, you know, Annabelle Gish. I mean, you know, we all loved her Mystic Pizza. You right. know what I mean? It's like we remember that. Right. It's like, yeah, everybody remembers The hell that. with Julia Roberts. Annabelle Gish was cuter. Right. Um, how did Weeds come about? Um, I auditioned as long as along with everybody else. Uh, I was fortunate enough to get cast, and it's funny because uh, Ramon Franco, who plays uh, Fausto Galvan on the bridge, and Damien Bashir, uh, who's the lead on the bridge, we all three were in that same one one same scene on, on Weeds. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah. And Frank Ramon had a, a clip of that. He was gonna he was gonna pass it on to me, but I haven't got a chance to get it from him. But it was uh, it was the same thing. It was in a tunnel. Ramon started the tunnel, and then I pick up that information, and he comes through the tunnel, and then uh, we get to the, the little gathering place at the end, other end of the tunnel where Damien Bichir, who plays the mayor of Tijuana on Weeds at that time, uh, which Mary Louise gets pregnant at, uh, on that, I think it was the last two or three seasons, uh, we all come together and we toast. It was, it was, it was kind of... Uh, kismet in that respect. Yeah, that's so weird. Yeah, because in here, you guys are all in a series, and there's a tunnel, and it's just, the, yeah. it's just crazy. Yeah. And so, so you, you, you on a bridge that for a little bit, and then uh -huh. now I see on your thing now that you played Placido Domingo, uh, Flacido, okay. Flacido with an F. What was that? What was that for? <laughs> that sounds like a that sounds like a, a porn star who can't uh, get aroused. It's like a porn star in Viagra yeah, yeah. commercials. I'm Flacido Domingo. That actually was a program for uh, the California Los Angeles Unified School District. Um, it was a um, a program where they were teaching um, um, non speaking or you know, uh, Latinos on how to deal with certain aspects of being in in this country, like uh, uh, speaking correctly. Um, um, about the workman's comp, about all these different little things about time, and so this this character Flacido would uh, with uh, my cohort uh, Eve Holmes, who plays my uh, my counter uh, opera singer. Okay, uh, we're uh, we're singing about th doing things, you know, like the time. The time is right for this and that and blah blah blah. So we're we're singing singing uh, uh, these the program as to what these people should be doing. Uh, and how they should be doing things. So it was a learning thing for, for the California, uh, Los Angeles Unified School District. Now, how'd you get involved with something like that? Is it something that you wanted to give back to the community or something they sought you out or did you have to audition? I mean, because it seems like a very cool project and it's helping people. How did you get involved? Um, I had done something prior to that. I had w worked on another uh, um, kind of series like that for Unified School District. Same thing, uh, teaching, teaching them how to deal with like the workman's comp thing. I was a character. Uh, uh, Alejandro was the character and uh, he had a business and he got hurt on the business and uh, uh, had, had to figuring out how to go to court and all this other stuff like that so the director of that uh, series uh, mentioned my name to uh, the producer of the other the other program um, that I had done and uh, so it was it was uh, you know knowing knowing somebody it's knowing being in contact with other people so that my name gets tossed around now I saw, and I have a question because I asked, whenever I see someone who was in cold case, uh -huh. I've had a bunch of people in here who have been the killer. Now, what was your role in cold case? Because I had, I, I had uh, Reed Diamond was a killer once, uh, uh -huh. Lombardo Boyara was a killer, and Robert Romanos were killers. And I'm sitting there one night I was watching, and two episodes in a row, both killers have been on my show. I'm like, oh, oh my God, uh, and I had to staff uh, and watch the third episode. What was, cause I love the show, Cold Case. Did, were yeah, you a killer in that? That's a good show. No, actually, uh, I was, I think it was 1968, I was shopping for a car, and uh, I was dealing with the woman, um, I forget her name, I'm sorry, but uh, I was dealing, I'm trying to buy this car f with this woman. Well, one of the car dealer guys uh, screwed me over on the contract. So, you know, I have, I have to fork out this cash right. for this car that doesn't, doesn't work. So my, my timeline was 1968, 1969, I think it was. Uh, or maybe, no, no, it was earlier, it was 70s, so it was 70s. And uh, so I was, I was the memory 
of the cold case. Okay. Uh, but the killer was uh, one of the uh, uh, car salesmen. All right. Yeah. Now, do you remember all like all your details of your career? Because you've, you've worked a lot of shows. Do you remember like if someone said, hey, this show, do you remember your roles? Because I know some people, I, I remember stuff, but I know some people don't remember. They go, oh, I don't remember that role. I don't. I think I think if you mention an, if you mention a project, I think I do. Re- it, it seems like because because you you did mention a couple projects, I think I, I do have a good memory of things that that uh, that I've done. Um, not in terms of uh, you know maybe t- names and, and 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 people stuff, but uh, uh, in terms of the character, yeah, yeah, I think I think I do have a good memory recall. You worked on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, right. now I I love that show. I, I I watched I watched it in the very beginning, uh-huh. and it's just it's so dark and it's so funny. And I heard they're they're I mean Charlie Day is hysterical, and I heard they're just a, I mean the cast the, must be must be fun. And I heard Devito is the coolest guy. Oh yeah. Now you had a recurring character though. It was four years in between. It was Mr. Suarez. You were in Mr. Suarez. There you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It was in two hundred two thousand eight and then two thousand twelve. Right now, okay. So how did did you were you when you first did that show, were, were you? Uh, did you know how crazy it was? Did you watch it at all? Because a lot of times it must be when you're an actor. If you go into a show that you're a fan of, it must be your audition must be weird because you're like, God, I really like that show, but I want it. But if you go into a show and you have no idea what it is, and then all of a sudden you go in and it's an always sunny in Philadelphia, which is just so un PC and off the map. Were, did, were you familiar with the show when you auditioned? Uh, not really. I've heard I've, I had heard about it, but I didn't get a chance to, to watch an episode. Um, again, the the character that I went in for was a Mexican character whose family lives across the street from them. It was called the Home Makeover uh, uh, Edition, and uh, they were working on the uh, what was that? The secret uh, the, that that uh, cardboard thing that you put put up and put your right put your uh, uh, your wants and stuff on there. Well, uh, I think it was Charlie who wanted to, to to help people out because if they help people out, we'd be able to, we, they would be able to get this mansion. Right. So they went across the street. They kidnapped my family and myself, <clears throat> trying to turn us into Americans. They bl- they dyed my daughter's hair blonde, and they they got contacts and blue eyes for her. Same thing with my wife. And uh, what happens uh, uh, later on was that they end up burning down the apartment building that I lived in. Okay. And uh, so they had to fork out the mansion to us, so they gave us the mansion. Uh, so we lived there for four, four years. Uh, I think it was only supposed to be a one-time, one-time deal with uh, with that with that character. Uh, but within those four-year spans, I had done quite a bit of work, and Charlie and the rest of the guys were watching me on TV. In fact, when I came back to do the second episode, they said, "Yeah, we see you all over the place." Blah, blah, blah. So we thought we'd bring you back, and all that. So. So that was nice of them. It's got to be cool like that, that people <laughs> sit there and they, they remember you. And I've heard it so many times where it happens with recurring roles, too, is mm-hmm. that, you know, someone will go on the, the show for one day, and then they like them, and they go, well, you know what? We're going to write this person in. Right. But that must be great, because it's just it's a call out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, that was... Uh, and didn't even have to audition. <laughs> See, that's the best. But does that happen? Does that happen to you a lot now, or, or do you? I mean, for some of these guest spots for like you know different shows, do they sit there and go, "Okay, we know your work," uh-huh. or do they say, "We need you to come in"? Or how's it? Is it is it fifty fifty or how's that? No, not even fifty fifty. I've had that happen a couple of times, but not. It isn't a constant thing. Usually, they they uh, like nowadays. It's they want to see your reel. But like you said, people people have seen you know seen my work, and and I'm out there. Uh, so I don't see why they can't call me up. Exactly. <laughs> when you audition now, I mean, do, does it ever get into your mind that people see you in the bridge and they see you as that character? Does that, I mean, how do you prepare for an audition that say it's a comedy? Because they see you in the bridge and you see your character and then they say, okay, now, hey, we need you to sit there and, you know, Be tell funny. dick jokes, you know, tell whatever. So, mm. I mean, how do, did you ever worry that the casting director sometimes will see your role when they come in or do you think they just, they're, professional enough where they can just gauge your audition I, you know what well, that's a t- that's a tough question I'm, I'm not in their brains I'm not in their minds so I don't know don't know how they really see me I my audition process is I, I do my homework I, I, I uh, memorize as much as I can of the lines I don't I don't I don't feel that you need to memorize everything verbatim because for one I'm not getting paid to right. do that so I'll have the script in my hand I give them what I think you know what I think the character is, and I just go in there and say, "This is it. This is what I got." You want to change things? You give me some directions. Fine. You know, if not, as soon as I walk out that door, I'm. You know, I go on to the next thing. Because for me, uh, the job of an actor is to audition. 
if you don't audition, you don't get to do what you love to do, which is perform on, on either on stage or in front of the camera. So our job as an actor is to audition, so learn auditioning techniques to get that job, and then you know you get to play. So as soon as I walk out that door, like I said, I'm moving on to the next next audition uh, because it's the numbers game. Right. You know, the more you audition, the more the odds are going to be that you're going to land that one, maybe two, and get into a little snowball effect, and, and you end up getting three or four projects. Maybe not so close together, but, you know, you get that confidence building, you know. And then, again, you hit that valley. Yeah, that's you the know. thing. It's always that valley. It's like you feel like, you know, you're like, I know people say they're like, yeah, trudge through it. Work, 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 and then, and then nothing. Yeah. And you're like, wait a second, I'm still the same person. Right. And that happens a lot with commercial people, I know, because yeah. I know people who sit there and the casting directors go, we know you from commercials. I know a guy who did like 50 nationals. And then they sit there over the years and they sit there and they go, well, okay, you're, you know, We've seen you enough, and then he says you have to you disappear for like three years. Right. He goes, hopefully you save that national money, else you know your thing. Now, uh -huh. would you ever go off? Do you ever go off for commercials anymore, or is, or, or is that a dumb part of your career? Right no, now? no, no. I go I go off for commercials. I, I, yeah. In fact, uh, uh, you know, the, like you said, the commercials is 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 where a lot of actors end up making more money than than usual. It's changed though. Uh, the industry has changed in terms of commercials. I remember when commercials, like I said, the AMPM commercials, they would run their full contract which was two, three years, two and a half, three years, you know, and nowadays you're lucky if you run one cycle, which is 13 weeks. Uh, there's so many commercials being shot. That not like, I don't, I don't know if you noticed when you watch TV, you don't see those commercials that are the, the long stay commercials, you know, like where's the beef, right? you know, those type of character commercials. You, you, those ran like for years. You, you don't get the that only anymore. one is a progressive. I mean, the girl, the that's girl. about the only and one. And her commercials keep changing. Oh, they do. They do repeat. But, you know, she's always making new ones. Yeah. You know I mean, uh, so that industry has changed quite a bit in that respect. Now, through your acting career, is there any actors you've worked with that you were just like, wow, I can't believe I'm working with this person? Is there some of this, you know, that, that, that uh, oh moment where you're like, oh, or is there any actors you would really love to work with? You know what, that, uh, that changed, like, I, like we were talking about Bowfinger. That changed my, my thing about uh, being starstruck. Um, when I was working Bowfinger, you know, I mean, we wanted names. I mean, we're talking Steve Martin, Eddie Murphy, Christine Baranski, Robert Downey Jr., Heather Graham. I mean, it was just it's an amazing cast. Amazing cast in that respect. And working with them for three and a half months, it's like they're just regular people. They're talented, you know, and they, they throughout their careers, they've been put into positions where they can they have success. But they're just they're just regular people like everybody else. So in terms of being starstruck anymore, for me, uh, no. That's good. Uh, I would I would love to keep working on the bridge and work more with uh, Ted Levine. He's he's amazing. I mean, you know, it's funny. Everyone fantastic. For, everyone actor. forgets he was uh, the guy in uh, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, put the lotion Silence in the basket, basket. <laughs> and you forget. And then he was a monk, which I didn't. My girlfriend watched Monk, and monk. I watched it. Around. Monk is such a good show because Tony mm. Shalhoub is such <laughs> an amazing actor, and the him and Levine play. I mean, right off each right. other. It's mm -hmm. crazy. So now, how did the bridge come about? So you're sitting there, and your agent says, "Did did they know it was first going to be a pilot, or was it already picked up, or how did you how did the whole process come for you ending up on the show?" It was a pilot first. Okay. Uh, I, Typical audition, you know, get it, you know, come in to audition for this role, uh, typically. And uh, um, I auditioned. There was a couple of name actors that auditioned also, and uh, uh, within the Latin Latin circles. And um, I guess a, a couple of days after that, they, they told me that I got the part. So it was quick. You didn't have to go and test for network no. or anything like that? No. See, that, a lot of times they say that's just such a long thing where you go in, then you go back, and you go in front of the producers and you have to go in front of network so this was a pretty quick process yeah well, yeah they got they got it the pilot shot uh off of well the pilot that uh once they screened the pilot to networks that was it there was it was a goal for the first season now had you been in other pilots yeah yeah i had a couple other little pilots that uh, didn't pick up didn't pick up so what is it like when you're sitting there and and i've heard you know there's a lot of pilots that don't get picked up. Right. And it's a great, first of all, it's such an accomplishment to even get cast in a pilot because you're, a lot of people don't get ever cast in a pilot. Right. So when you're sitting there and you get cast in a bridge and you're in the pilot, is it, I mean, you probably, is it like you want to be excited or, but you also have the thing going, well, it might not get picked up. I mean, how does that feel like for that, for that waiting time until you find it gets picked up? Well, you know what? Let's see. That's, uh, let's see, 36, 37 years. By the time I got to that pilot, it was already my 34th, 35th year. I was I was over the excitement thing. Uh, I mean, it's great when you hear it, uh, but I've I've been through enough to where hopefully this thing gets picked up. Right. You know, I hope. 
but then again, you can't you can't put all your 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 eggs in one basket because then you get you get defeated in that respect. So I got past all that because, like I said, I I move on to the next thing. Let's you know, all right, this this is canceled or this is stopped or I didn't get that. Well, give me the next one. It must have been a great feeling when you we got to call it the show got picked oh, up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, all oh, right, I got some episodes. So now, is it a uh, a vigorous schedule when you shoot? Because it's like everything's almost. I mean, you're always outside. I mean, <laughs> it's like it's like I mean, it's like myself. God. Yeah. And you've got to think it's like, and I mean, I it's. This has been, in the last two years, have been unreasonably, unreasonably hot. Mm-hmm. We, the weather hasn't changed. It's like, it's, as I said, it's October, and it's supposed to be back up to 90 this weekend. Right. Is it, is it, uh, d- d- does it get, do you do long days, or how long is it, like, that's how long is a day for you when you go onto the bridge, and do you, you know, then you get to go home at night, or do you stay, sleep in your trailer, or how does that work? <laughs> no, 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 it's, it's, uh, they're usually long days, depending. Um, my character arc, uh, or storyline, is uh is limited i sometimes just get one day out of the week or um, i feel really fortunate when i get to work you know three four or five days or get the whole week you know because i love what i do i love being on 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 set i love watching you know everything happening like i said i've worked production also and in, in, in terms of uh, technical in it of the, of, uh, of the shows and uh i just love being on set on stage, it's it's in it's in me. It's in my like I say, it's in my blood. That's so true. Yeah. I mean, it's no, no. Do you guys joke around? Because the show is so heavy and serious. Like when you're, I mean, when you're off camera, is there some joking around, or is it everyone just sit there and go, okay, I got to stay? Because the the girl, you were Eleanor. I mean, I I can't see. I mean, she is so intense, and even you know Diane Kruger is. They're just so straight Focused. face just like you sit there and go this person they're great actors or they're really sc-. and I've seen Diane Kruger on, on talk shows and she's like this really nice uh-huh. you know talky girl but that she's so focused even like the scenes where she has sex it's like she's so like she goes picks a guy at the bar right. goes home sleeps with him then throws him out throws him out and you're yeah. like and, and it's all rote I mean do they joke around or do they always stay in character or do they have to because it's so serious I can only speak for myself okay and uh, uh, the times that I have shot I mean we joke around I mean, that's that's the beauty of having actors who are who are, who are professional and 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 really great because the fact that they can turn it on and off. I mean, we're, we're walking before we walk into the door. I, there was last last the season uh, we had this big shootout in, at the Red Ridge Manor. What's it like doing a shootout? Is it like I mean, is it loud? Or, I mean, is it like it, oh, yeah. does it make a lot of noise or is it basically do they do that all in the in the um, folding or is mm-hmm. it all actual? It's, it's actual, yeah, it's actual uh, squibs and, and, uh, and gunfire uh, blanks, of course. Uh, so, yeah, it gets, it gets kind of loud. Everybody gets to put on their little earphone, uh, okay. earplugs and stuff. Uh, but, yeah, the, the squibs actually uh, uh, is, are fun. I love, I love when, uh, when they shoot me and, and I get a, a squib here and there. They, is it a shocking feel or how does it work? Uh, it's explosive. It is an explosive. But it's, it's the, the shocking feeling is when you get the blood splattering all over you or you feel you do feel the 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 thump of the explosion that that's on your your body depending on where it's at so and that's where you play that's where you have to act and play that 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 uh, blow right that that you take um i that's again though these are these are the moments that i i treasure in terms of working in the industry I did. I was doing background work for a while. Uh, first three years of my career, I did uh, SEG back then. There was Screen Extras Guild, another another union, and I was on a movie called V or TV series called V. Was that with uh, visitors? That, yeah, that was a, that was like a weird. The sci-fi. aliens come down. Yeah, that, that wasn't Mark Singer, not that. Yes, it was. Mark was Mark Singer? Singer. Okay, yeah. okay. Uh, I was working on that for about a week out in Valencia by uh, Indian Dunes. It used to be an old motorcycle uh, uh, place over there that used to ride your motorcycles. Well. Here I am, I'm, what, 22, 23 years old, working background on a, on a TV show, and I'm getting paid over $100 a day, or close to $200 a day, running around with an M16, shooting blanks at up in the air, right. running, through, running through the grounds where they have everything scribbed up, and you're, you know, the, lasers, the lasers from the, from the spaceships are supposed to be hitting you. You've got explosions going around in the back of a Jeep, and you're shooting up in the air. So, I mean, at that point in time, that's when I said, God, I'm getting paid to do this. It's like when you're a kid, when you're a kid playing, you know, when you're playing, we used to call uh, bank robbers or, or, or jailbreak, you know, right. and you had the good guys and the bad guys. Yeah. Now, what's it like, like when you have an intense suit, like the bridge? You were in the intense shootout scene, and, yeah. And now, now that 
because it's so graphic and there's so many squibs and there's so many shooting mm-hmm. and do you, how many takes does something like that take I mean because it, if, if you screw up you gotta start all over again and it's like such an intense scene and it's like all the thing how many takes would, would that um, well my stuff I think I changed shirts three times okay so there was three different you did the master shot and then you did the close up shot and then uh, and and then there's in case you know something goes wrong technically and usually it's technically usually it's not the acting it's usually a technical thing uh, then we have to do it again um, but in that sequence of of getting shot for myself I, I had three different changes okay so it was three different times you know that we uh so is it something that they they don't like the way you looked when you get shot? I mean, what is it? What, why would a director cut that? I mean, it's because he wants it perfectly, or because there's something else? It's something else. Okay, it's usually something. Usually, it's it's ninety five percent of the time is usually something else, unless you unless you mess up a line, you know. Then we go go over again. Now, after the first season of The Bridge, were you? Uh, do you, do you look at ratings like as the season goes on just to wonder if it's going to get picked up again? I mean, I know you've been in the business for a long time, but now you're on a show that is critically acclaimed. Mm. And, you know, and I don't know anyone who has watched it and doesn't like it. For me, in the beginning, in the beginning of the season, I was thinking, I don't know where the hell this is going because it was all over. I was like, wait a second. And it's one of those things. And I said, last season was so good. And I'm sitting there going, oh, man. And it's the only thing you don't want to give up. And I'm thinking, going, what's, there's too many characters coming in. And then in like the fourth episode, everything just merged mm-hmm. and it all went well. But now as when you're sitting there, because you've been on different shows and you want to be a series regular, after the first season, were you sitting there going, I mean, how long did you know until they got picked up? The second, did you know? Or is that, is that a waiting process? Because you're like, this is really, and you're having fun and you're getting that family feel. Right. You must have some excitement for that, for getting picked up. But how long is that process where they sit there and go, like you don't know right now if it's getting picked up. Right. Which if they don't, they're stupid because you know. I mean, like, what are they going to keep the strain? I haven't heard. I haven't seen that show, but right. I, I just, I you know. But I mean, so how long is? And plus, Sons of Anarchy are going off, so going. you guys, they're going to need a, a powerhouse show. Sure. Which would be great for you guys. Is there a, was there a long process between season one and two of getting picked up? Well, season one, um, it took uh, like after the last episode, I think a, a, a week or two, a couple of days after that, that they gave us the green light for season two. Um, Season one, we were the most DVR'd program on FX. Or I think we broke broke a record for them in that in that uh, season. Uh, this second time around, yeah, we were watching the numbers, uh, and we're trying to figure out. I, I hope we get over you know X amount of numbers. I hope we get this. Uh, we even started tweeting uh, live during the last four or five episodes, so we can get our numbers up because uh, we knew that was important. Uh, in terms of viewership, but also we hadn't taken account yet because they haven't put put those numbers out in terms of the DVR. Right. Someone said they're changing the Nielsen's just because no one watches. Like if you call me and say, mm-hmm. "Hey, what are you watching on a mm-hmm. Tuesday night at eight? Well, I'm watching this, but that doesn't mean it's the only show I watch because right. now there's so many. And they always TV always screws you like that. They put all the good shows on one time. Right. That's why I love like with HBO and Showtime. I have the East Coast feed with the thing, so I can watch Homeland or Ray Donovan and Boardwalk Empire at six and right. then watch something at nine. And that's the thing: no one watches TV at, at the that time. time. And right. if it is, it's the people who are just they're just home all the time right. so i mean for the ratings it's it's harder now but you can watch it online now too right. you can go online and so and i think that's and, and plus with netflix i mean I changes you, you guys are, i don't know if it's on netflix i'm not sure i think i know we're on hulu okay but you can watch it on there so yeah. you, people it's nielsen's don't mean crap anymore which no. stinks for the people who are in the shows because you're going you know because you know it takes hollywood forever to change right so so but so you're still waiting but you're hoping it will get picked up um yeah and like you said the the, the fact that uh you got an East Coast feed and you got a West Coast feed. Of course, the East Coast feed is 7 o'clock. Right. So they're going to be up and, and ready to watch. West Coast is 10 o'clock at night. A lot of people are probably in bed before you know, 9 o'clock. So they have to DVR. So that's what we're counting on in, in terms of uh, the numbers for ourselves. And, I mean, we, we've been keeping, keeping an eye on the numbers, and we've seen some shows that are, that are a lot weaker in, in terms of audience uh, viewers than us. They've already gotten picked up. They've already right. gotten the green light on, on, on FX. It's crazy. And it's like, well, you know, this isn't a, 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 an acclaimed show. We won a, a Peabody Award uh, this last season. And it's like, you know, you're going you're gonna to turn away all this uh, opportunity for, for uh, 
uh, more awards. And, and it would and make no future. sense because also they could also put you on FXX. That's the thing you forget. I mean, it, it's it's for you guys. It doesn't make it. I mean, you want people to see the work, but right. that's the thing. They do have another network, so yeah. they'd be stupid. So, so we have about five minutes left. Oh. What um, what are you doing now? I mean, are you, are you going out audition? Are you doing any? The, I mean, are you doing the the, the Angel show coming up soon, or when's that going to be up? Uh, I'm doing a show called Sketchy Queens. Okay. Which is a couple of the characters from from uh, Chico's Angels, and it's a Halloween show, so it's it's a one week one week run, uh, and it's kind of like a Saturday Night Live type sketch comedy. That's what I'm doing right now. I just finished shooting a pilot also called Table Manners uh, a couple of weeks ago, almost about a month month and a half ago. What's that about? Table Manners is a show about a young woman who comes into a house of four characters, four, per, four people that uh, have uh, mental disorders. I'm a, I'm a hallucinogenic, uh, schizophrenic. Uh, um, there's one more third one, which I, I, I don't remember which one it is, but I'm crazy. Okay. Uh, kind of like, uh, what's his name, uh, Russell Crowe in uh, uh, Beautiful Mind. Okay, okay. That type, that type of uh, uh, um, disease. Idiot disease. Yeah, just like just disease. Disease. Yeah. yeah. And the other characters are, you know, OCD these, and stuff like that, like that. So this woman, this woman comes into our lives to, to, to manage the house, and she doesn't know that, that if she can take this or not. It's a dramedy. You know, we, 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 we don't want to make fun of the diseases. Right. But, but we're, we're so into the, the characters and, and their lifestyle that uh, in, 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 in drama, there's always comedy. Even on, in oh, yeah. regular life, you know, something, something happens in, in, uh, in our dramatic life that, that we have. It, but it's funny at times. You know, there's, there's always humor in, in everything that we do. Uh, I'm hoping that one also gets, gets a good shot and, and we, get, uh, we get picked up. Now, where's Sketchy Queens playing at? Uh, Casita del Campo, a little Mexican restaurant over in Silver Lake. Okay. Off of, sorry, uh, it's Sunset and Fountain, which actually turns into Hyperion. It's a Mexican restaurant on the right-hand side of, uh, called Casita del Campo. They have a, a theater, a basement, which they converted into a t- theater cabaret type of show, which is great because, it, I mean, they're so close. We're, we're this close to you face-to-face, and the audience love it because the way I, I describe uh, Chico's Angels to the audience, it's uh, the Carol Burnett show meets uh, Benny Hill. Okay. You know, there's a lot of campiness and sexual innuendo. There's no bad words. There's nothing, you know, th- that, that it would uh, turn people away. But it's just hilarious because people can't wait for us to mess up. I just I don't at Silver Lake. There's too many hipsters. I'm telling you, it's like it's so funny. Like you know, it's, you sit there and it, I don't know. What, I know. I mean, you have lived in this city for a long time, mm-hmm. and uh, and I grew up near Philadelphia, which is you know, and there, there wasn't like all these hipsters. I don't, I don't get it. Like everyone has beards now, and it's like they're wearing beards and wool caps, and it's a hundred degrees out. Right. And I don't. And it's like. Do you, I mean, how many commercials do you see guys with beards? I mean, you don't see a lot. You see some, but not. I mean, now it's more because of hipsters. But I mean, before it was like Steven Spielberg had a beard. You know, right. no one has beards, and right. so I mean, do, do you do you get hipsters at your shows, or what kind of crowd? What, what crowd comes to like those sketchy angels? What kind of crowd do you expect? Um, well, it's 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 gay themed in terms of Chicos. The same thing with the the sketchy queens. Uh, majority of shows that are played down in the Cavern Club Theater are, are one-man shows uh, for one night or something like that, or a couple couple people. Uh, our audience base is actually varied. It's 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 really a a, a blessing to have such a diverse audience for us uh, because they keep coming back, bringing bring, bringing family members or friends. Okay. So it's really it's really a great uh, venue for people. Now, did you audition for that, or they just they knew you from the other show? No, the other show, yeah, yeah the, from the other show, they invited me. They say, hey, you want to be a part of Sketchy Queens? They've been, this is our third year, so they've been running for two years. I finally got asked after the third year. What kind of characters are you going to play? Oh, Mexican. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 you're not, we're not going to see you in drag. You're not going to do any drag. Oh, actually, yeah. I, uh, yeah, yeah, you are going to see me in drag. There is one scene where it's called Muchachas. No I, offense, but I bet you're not a good looking woman. No, I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm not. You're a nice guy. <laughs> like, like me. I would be like, I look like Barbara Streisand if I was in drag. Okay. <laughs> hey, a lot of people think Barbara Streisand's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, because of her voice. <laughs> anyway, I want to thank you for coming on. I'm glad we could hook this up. Oh, thank you, uh, now, Steve. Are you, are you, do you tweet? Are you, you said about, are you a tweet? Do you tweet? I just started about three months ago. What's your Twitter handle? Uh, my Twitter handle is uh, Alejandro Patino12. Okay. 
But why one too? Is there another Alejandro? Because there's a couple other Alejandro. Doesn't that piss you off? It's, yeah. like, it's like you're the guy who's. It's just bull crap. I yeah. hate when people do that. So we can follow you on there and you uh, follow me your website. I got uh, um, on Facebook. You, you can also follow me on Facebook. I also been Instagramming. Okay, that's another thing that George Lopez mentioned to me. He says, "Hey, you, know, you got an Instagram." I go, all right. He came, and, he came and saw Chico's Angels, and he loved it. And your website. And my website. That's very good. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you for coming on. Oh, thank so you for the invite. check him out. Follow him on Twitter. Also, follow me on Twitter, at Cooper Talk. Also, go to my website, coopertalk.net, where I am uh, posting my 300th episode this week. So right. it would be with uh, Mark Boone Jr. from Sons of Anarchy. He was in the studio last week. Also, go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio, and it's Cooper Talk, one word. You just find all my episodes on there. If you want to email me, it's Cooper Talk. It's Cooper. I just changed my email. It's Cooper at CooperTalk.net. It's Cooper at CooperTalk.net. Do that. Uh, don't forget, every Tuesday at Jimmy's Place, right there on San Fernando Boulevard between Scott and Grismer and Burbank, I host crappy comedy. Show starts at $9 tacos. The tacos are amazing. $3 PBRs. It's a quick hour show. It's free. I bring in five, six acts. We just do about 10 minutes each. It's a great time. So do that. And that's about it. So you guys, I'm Steve Cooper. I'm only as hip as my guests. Don't forget, drink your water, eat your vegetables, take your vitamins. You guys have a great safe and sound weekend. Talk to you next week.